This podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Where is Littlefinger? Just little out of the way, no one's complained about it. He should have walked out beside Barry's. Boris says, I missed you. Not at all. They pound fists and they're like... All, all according to plan. And he, he lights a cigarette, and Tyrion's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Let me tell you about our plan." So, pow. and they put on their harpy masks. And then next, <laughs> and Welcome to the Vassals of King's Grave Dragoncast Edition. We're back this week to review the 10th and final episode of Game of Thrones Season 5, Mother's Mercy. My name is Zach, also known as Alias in the Podcast of Ice and Fire Forums, and joining me for this review we have... Hello, this is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the forums. This is Matt, Varley on the forums. This is Bean, uh, Shushan on the forums. Hi, this is Steven, SJ Lee on the forums. This is Adam, Drown Snow on the forums. This is Mikhail, Ink as Rain on the forums. My name is Paul, and my forum name is Pud's Plight. Hello, this is Alex, known as Lucky Charms on the forums. And there you have it, our crew for the final episode of Game of Thrones Season 5. An interesting one for sure. Lots of, lots of things did happen, and I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about it. Starting with you, Greg, what did you think? Uh, I gave it like a 3.5. It's probably my least favorite of the finale so far, but it wasn't you know horrible by any means. Um, yeah. I'm kind of like disassociated from the stuff that's so far off the book page, you know, the Dorne, Stannis, and Meereen. Um, I just don't really let that affect it too much. I just watch it for what it is. Um, but, uh, you know, the King's Landings, Bravos, Winterfell, and even the Wall, I really enjoyed. And it was just great to see, you know, Sir Robert Strong and the way they did Cersei's Walk, I thought was beautifully filmed. Um, so 3.5 overall. All right. What do you think, Matt? I think I'd give it a 4.25. I haven't, since we moved up the state, I haven't really been able to ruminate too much about it. But uh, yeah, I did enjoy a lot of the scenes. Dorne was okay, which was kind of interesting. Uh, just another finale, at least, you know, we didn't end with a Danny scene. We ended with a good scene. Yeah, I could just see us ending on that Danny scene and it being just like all the other endings with Danny. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, what did you think, Bing? I'm um, giving a 3.5. Uh, yeah, I mean, the stuff that I actually watched, I sort of enjoyed while in the process of watching. And then I sort of start thinking about the logic behind a lot of these things. And it kind of breaks down. My head starts hurting. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. So I'm not quite sure if it's good or not even now. But eh, it's enjoyable to watch, I guess. Or <laughs> not. I mean, some of it was painful to watch, but I think that was the intention. Right. Of course. What did you think, Stephen? I'd probably give it a four out of five uh, off the bat and like off the top of my head. I think the episode benefits from two main points. One, there's just a huge amount of the production budget for this season went into this episode. So there's a lot of spectacle. There's a lot of... Um, Big scenes, for sure. Uh, and I think one of the main weaknesses of season five overall has been it feels like plots were kind of plodding along, not making much progress or kind of in holding patterns, not particularly exciting. And virtually everyone we encounter this week closed out in a, a big way, which, you know, finally adds something to the season rather than this kind of slow trudging that I felt like it suffered from. What did you think, Adam? Um, let's see. My initial reaction was poor, to say the least. But um, I don't know. I've had you know 24 hours to think about it, and 
a lot of the stuff that I just really did not like that was just so ridiculous. It kind of is actually just amusing now. I'm I don't know. I think I've come I've come to that point. Yeah, I don't know. I'll give it a I'll give it a solid three. I mean, I think it was probably the worst of the finales. I don't know. Yeah, three lemon cakes at least for Cersei. Cool. What did you think, Miko? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've come to a point where I'm so exhausted by all this that I like almost can't. You know, it's it's hard for me to not only like a, a like judge it objectively, but also just like feel about it. Um, you know, I think there were good points. Um, I think that you know the scenes that came from the book for the most part worked very well on their own. But I think in the context of you know what else had been going on in the show maybe fell flat which i think that was particularly a problem with john but yeah i'm just kind of glad it's over <laughs> yeah what did you think paul i'm rating it 3.33 repeating of course yes. because mm-hmm. uh logistics and plotting and development be damned the show is pl- plunging ahead leroy jenkins style and it can be <laughs> <laughs> ah Chicken. It can be exciting and kind of chaotic and people don't know what's going on and it makes a lot of people really mad but damned if it's not a spectacle to behold and some crazy stuff is going to happen and it's interesting to say the least. So that's what I'm going to rank it. Cool. I just realized why Paul was (laughs) upset that we were recording so soon because he needs more time to work up to that. No, I call these things quickly. Oh. (laughs) Don't doubt Paul. Sorry, I should have known. He gets it done. He always comes back. Um, <laughs> Alex, what did you think? Uh, I abstained from voting again. Okay, I know um, I'm a I'm a dirty coward. Uh, same, same, <laughs> same observations as always. I'm sort of emotionally in the same place. I don't want to repeat myself, but I think I'll co-opt what Zach told me that uh, besides King's Landing, which was actually uh, absolutely superb, I was sort of in a eyes glassed over uh, fever dream while watching the rest of the episode. Yeah, it was okay. And yeah, you kind of preempted my thoughts on it. I mean, I I enjoyed the episode, but it it did definitely feel like you were saying kind of like a weird, like, what what am I watching here? What's going on? And I think part of that is kind of what you were getting at, Greg, that it's it's diverging so much from the books that I just, it feels so strange. I just, I'm not really comprehending what's going on. And I just, it, it feels so weird. Like things like... Like what happened with Stannis and Varys showing up at Marine, it's just like I don't, I, I feel so confused, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but but it did kind of infect my enjoyment <clears throat> in a way, and maybe that's just we're me. used we're used to knowing, and right, yeah, we've lost that. We're, yeah. we're all unsullied now, and for better or worse, you know, some of some of the changes I love, some of them I, I don't, most of them I don't, but it's just the stuff that could be spoilers is where it gets really murky. But yeah, I mean, I like seeing Varys talk to Tyrion, but I was like, it's not supposed to happen. Right. Don't like, but we'll watch. So, And I think another part of it is what you're saying, Stephen, about it being paced differently, and, and generally speaking, that's a good thing, but again, it kind of confused me, because it was like, this is so off from the way that Game of Thrones normally works, that it was it was just a bit jarring, and that kind of did kind of mess with me a bit. But I did, like you were saying again, Alex, I loved King's Landing. I thought it was brilliantly shot, and just a really well-put-together moment, and Lena Headey did an amazing job with it, and that was really cool. So that part, I, I did, you know, just full stop loved it um but everything else is kind of more murky which we'll we'll surely get into and we'll go ahead and do that now starting with stannis's camp and winterfell we'll go ahead and do the start to finish beginning with stannis's camp waking to melting snow things take a quick turn for the worse however when stannis is informed that half of his army deserted in the night and then he learns that Selyse hung herself in the forest Melisandre, looking disturbed, rides out of camp. So yes, things not going so well here for Stannis. Yeah, it's like the opposite comedic rule of three. (laughs) How 
did Salise like that was a really well tied <laughs> noose. Yeah, also, that was a high candy tree. Yeah, I don't think it was clear that she hung herself. I thought maybe the deserters hanged her on their way out, oh, like she was the oh. one that led him astray. I didn't. I don't know if it, I've seen that written elsewhere, but I don't know. I, that wasn't my impression initially, but looking back, I could see that being that someone else hanged her. Could be. Do you think that's what we're meant to believe? Because I no, I don't. Yeah. Think, I think we're meant to believe that she did it I herself. But later death in the it episode, seemed but, uh, yeah, I can see logical. That. Hmm. Maybe the guy who went to report her death helped her hang herself. The Lord of Light believes in doctor assisted suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Very progressive. Very forward thinking society. Just like them and Bravos. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is one of those problems of to make a good looking shot, you have to suspend the disbelief of yeah how did she get up to that branch and tie that noose and did she was she sitting yeah. on the limb and then hop down like the, you think of the logistics it just breaks what was a really good shot but but you know of course we had to have this happen we couldn't see her you know acting or like suffering her job or, is done it was so predictable i was really like the first the first guy came up and i was like oh salise is dead and then the second really? guy came up, yeah I really like, i did not see that no i didn't <laughs> Hundred percent. She had nothing left to do in the story. Yeah. All she was there to do was suffer. I honestly didn't see it coming either. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, there's an army like ten minutes away from us or something. Something military related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, realized I re- how did Melisandre leave camp on a horse if they took all their horses? Yeah, she took her last horse. <laughs> she had she had a hidden horse. She had that flaming horse. It just wasn't turned off. Yeah, that was the Lord of Light's horse. The ponytail. Yes, ponytail. (laughs) You kind of preempted my question. I was curious what you guys thought about whether or not it was going to happen from what we saw last episode. Did you expect it to turn out like this for Stannis, for it to go so bad so fast? Well, when I saw the icicles melting, I was like, all right, well, that was worth it. Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah, not so much. (laughs) I, I expected some sort of minor victory, at least. Like, something. I I did not expect this. Not at all. Yeah, me too. I was very much like, I mean, as I said, I I knew Salise was going to die. But just and again, I think part of this has to do with just being so immersed in the books and being, you know, talking about the Battle of Ice for so long. But it was like, he's got to have some kind of victory, you know. And then in my head, I was like, that's weird, though, because he has like no men. How's he going to win? And then it's like, Ramsey Bolton's army is storming right at him. How's he going to win? And, you know, it was kind of the opposite of the way you are in Game of Thrones, which is usually like, how's this going to go wrong? And I was like, how's it going to go right? And then it just absolutely didn't and left me very confused. Another example of book expectations making us all look silly. Yeah. Well, he well, had so many opportunities to go back, you know, and it seemed yeah. like once he burned Shireen, the, the point of this episode was just to show us that that decision, everything he you know, he basically got what he deserved, you know. Yeah, he, but he's this the is only person ever everything. to do that. No, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I, <laughs> I think it's a short term. It's a short term payoff for this, you know, for his entire storyline, um, you know. And I didn't like it, but at the same time, I was like, I don't care because this isn't happening in the book. Even if something like this happens later, it's not going to be under remotely the same circumstances. He's know, supposed man. to be the greatest military commander. Of yeah. all Westeros, and that includes being able to know when you need to retreat, and losing half your troop and zero horses, and also your red priestess woman, and your who's your only magical ally. I but, think that would be a great time to retreat. He, he retreated but, from the Blackwater, 
when he yeah. had ships, knights, thousands and thousands of men, and now he's got a couple hundred guys. Like, fuck this, we're going. Well, he got he dragged away from the Blackwater. He didn't. Yeah, but he still retreated. I know. But if you, but even looking back in the last episode, I mean, it just doesn't make sense that he did this no. in the first place. Then I mean, <laughs> oh no, it does. Like it, it does. He, he brings he brings his daughter out, and the guys are all like. So uh, we're out of here in five minutes, right? Like before he lights her on fire, before anything happens. It's really obvious. How stupid is he? It just doesn't make any sense. And another thing, once he realized that Melisandre had left, it seems like he would be furious and feel like she betrayed him and want to like go hunt her down for ruining his life. But he, just he seemed up. like, oh, well, she's gone. That, that really shocked me that yeah. she bolted. I, I was really surprised because I just... You know, she she had that whole like seeing the banners falling and blah blah blah, and she's we haven't had any indication. And I mean, again, like her character is kind of so thin that it it's not out of character, but like we've had no indication that she would consider abandoning Stannis. And like in the books, I don't see her abandoning Stannis no matter what happened, uh, even if he was threatening her. She can't because she's at the wall. Like, I, I know, but I'm saying, like, if this happened at the wall, I wouldn't see her leaving the wall or something. I just you, think, you get the feeling that she believes Stannis was going to win there, right? Like, yeah. she bought that. And then when she gets to the wall, it feels like it's, like it's almost like she saw a vision that he was going to lose or something. It's night and day. Well, I think that, and I guess this is the way that, and I'm not sure how I feel about this, this is the way that they're kind of trying to set up maybe even some form of redemption for Melisandre's character, is that she she has realized how bad of a mistake she has made, and now, she, now this moment of uncertainty has kind of cracked her you know, confidence that she is always going to get it right, and that, that is going to be a big change in her that that has happened now. She drank her own Kool-Aid. Like, she totally believed in, like, this was devastating to her, I think. And she just ran like a coward. <laughs> Oh, I that, so that wanted makes, Davos just to stab her. Like, I know that makes me, <laughs> that makes me hate her even more. And and maybe she, she's still you know a, a terrible person. She's not going to have any kind of redemption. But I think that she definitely you know is, is looking for some kind of change. And maybe it'll be manifested not in word but in deed. And I think that is what they're setting up potentially later with John. Obviously, it was nice to see her a bit uncertain after she, st- she stepped in the fail puddle on her way there. (laughs) (laughs) Everything starts going wrong and she all of a sudden doubts herself. Did anyone, was anyone else like a little bit sickened by this whole thing? Like it was so sudden and so went so wrong, so fast, so drastically. Yeah. I, Mm I, yeah, like once, you know, the Bolton army started like hacking them apart, I was really kind of viscerally upset. Did you feel like you wasted your time watching pretty much every scene of Stannis for the a last bit, season yeah. or two? A little bit. You know it's yeah. like a very, very, very short views on like the bomb that is Stannis mm-hmm. when we've had like a lot of track laid, you know, or a lot of ropes laid or whatever. But like, well, he's not dead, so that's fine. That. The train still goes. <laughs> yeah, there definitely was because I mean, no matter how much I dislike this character Stannis, I still did not enjoy seeing you know his troops. In a, these are the loyal troops that stuck with him that had a chance to leave, and the, you know, you know whatever Stannis Bannerman number two and Bannerman number one that we got to you know see at least it was heartbreaking to see that you know when he had that line there's not going to be a siege your grace it was you know, he knows and he's just grinding his teeth and just like he just wanted to be over with but <laughs> it, it does scare me a little bit because like you said like the circumstances are similar but they're also the timeline is different you know mm-hmm. and it's just it just now there's that kernel in my head of like well what if this does happen like if i wasted six years of my life well, know, I mean, assuming stannis is going to win the battle of ice like no problem well no like it's it's not it's, it's not about a final outcome as the process that it gets <clears> there right I know. If the process that gets there, it makes sense for that to happen, then then it is what it is. But in a TV show, the problem is the process that got there was so truncated, right. and so many things were skipped right. along the way that it just it just feels like 
we literally only have three episodes of this happening. And like, yeah. what is it, four or five scenes for all this to just suddenly all develop and everything went up in, well, flames. And I mean, the, the battle was less than 30 seconds, like the battle yeah. battle. Like, yeah. well, and, and it was kind of a weak way of getting out, out of it, too, I think. I, not necessarily the wrong choice, but to, to punish Stannis as opposed to maybe making like the moral dilemma of he did a terrible thing, but there was, there was a gain, kind of mm. been more complex. Whereas yeah. here, he, he is punished for a moral deficiency. Right. Which that actually, doesn't, doesn't happen all that often, actually, on this Right, show. and that, that reminds me of something. In the books, is especially, they often highlight that king uh, kinslayers are cursed, right? True, yeah. Uh, and it's not something they lean into the show, but it would have been interesting if some of the deserters left evidence that the kinslaying was what freaked them not, not, not religious zealotry or something like that, that he's committed a major taboo by killing his own daughter and... That's why they're mutinying. That's why he loses the battle and arguably gets killed. Like he is you, transgressed against him. <laughs> well, I mean, it, Greg, I'm always a, an optimist when it comes to things. It, it makes sense, though. It, it is like Stephen is saying. That is how it probably should have played out in the context of the culture of Westeros and whatnot. And it's kind of is what is happening to say, like a person like Walter Frey, who did a similar sort of egregious act against the laws of gods and men, and he's he's being punished for it to some degree. Let me go ahead and get the next bit we get here, since we're kind of getting into that battle itself. So we have Brienne continuing to watch the Winterfell for some sign. Pod informs her that Stannis's army is approaching. Seeing an opportunity that she can't lose, Brienne abandons her post. Uh, inconveniently, Sansa fixed that same moment to break out of her room with a, with a stolen corkscrew and, and, light, and light her candle in the broken tower. As she watches from afar, as Stannis, determined to make an end of this business, forms up his men for a siege, but the Bolton army rides out, surrounds, and utterly destroys his meager host. Guys, so where, the, where the fuck was Stannis looking? He's like, sub lines here, here. So now a foraging party, there's going to be a siege. And then the guy's like, oh no, they're all coming. It's like, some scouts would have been good. looking. They're no, hiding he was... over that ridge. <laughs> yeah, they're hiding right? in that low oh, valley. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was very proud of myself for even realizing that a siege made no sense. They had like a thread of men, maybe, to go around Winterfell. And it just didn't, you know, made absolutely zero sense and if good weather goes both ways yeah yeah and you need a, a significant numbers advantage i believe i'm not a warcraft an expert of warcraft <laughs> either but i think you need a significant <laughs> advantage of numbers for a siege normally right uh, and, yeah, yeah well, and resources is the right. you also need supplies you need and you also yeah. need yeah, stuff that's <laughs> nothing he's got shields and, and a couple of spikes that's it from my experience of playing Rome Total War. Exactly, that's all I know. That's <laughs> I know that you can't really scale a wall with just a bunch of dudes on foot. Yeah. I believe Unless the ratio is like three to one at least is what's expected in a siege. And he was he outnumbered. Just, so, he should so, have just brought 20 good men and tried to scale okay. the walls. Ramsey would have got it done for sure. Not Stannis though. He, he's not that good despite his backstory as a, a brilliant military commander. I think you can rationalize it because I guess the whole point and we've kind of been getting at this is that Stannis has kind of given up. He's not trying to win here. He just He's done. He's, he's defeated in the sense he just wants to make an end of it. And I think that's kind of what they were going for with this. Initially, the siege didn't make sense before the men deserve, deserted him. Yeah, I mean, even then. we get two episodes ago, we get Roos being like, hey, this guy's going to siege us? He's like, I've got a years of supplies. You know, Winterfell is in here is not, uh, you know, a crumbling ruin. It's been rebuilt, right? Um, I think he was banking he has on some divine intervention. But when he, sends, when he sends Ramsay out, yeah, I guess he's he's hoping for daughter sacrifice, but he wasted that on getting the clouds to go away. I mean, yep. 
Yeah, I brought that up last episode that that was his only thing going for him was that he literally assumed the Red God was going to reach down and help him destroy the Boltons because that's the only way it could have happened. It just really makes me wonder, and I'm sorry I keep going, like, looking forward to what this might mean for the book, but we all kind of perceive Stannis... I mean, we all know that you do, Greg, but but I think in general, the fandom perceives Stannis as, a, as an important character, and to have him killed off kind of so maybe killed off. To have him defeated so thoroughly, I would right, say. Right. Is strange. Just, it, it's weird. Well, I fully expect him to die eventually, but I expect him to live longer than this. Well, yeah, and to have more of an impact. Like, I, I, could, I could foresee him dying in kind of a, a similar meaningless way. Like where he maybe he does sacrifice Shireen or he does something similar and it just doesn't pan out. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't see it being like this. I could be it seeing af- after some some greater battle or something along those lines. Yeah, I can see it with something with the others because he's you know he, the reason he's there is not really for Hello? the Iron Throne. He he went there to save the realm, and that's what he's there for. And this this Stannis, TV show Stannis is not is not the same. Well, everything just happens so fast. It's it's really difficult to to even see. Even context. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, that's basically it. That was that was basically it. You have a bunch of we, we, us viewers are trying to calculate things, and Stannis just went in Leroy Jenkins style. So, what was Brienne's like? Doesn't matter. Thinking about like, oh, I'll go attack Stannis with his entire army around. Him. Yeah. Well, she knew that he would be the only one left standing in the forest. Right. Even though he's on the front lines of a cavalry charge. <laughs> Well, like, think of it best case scenario. If there's no battle and Stannis is just like, let's start make camp. Like, what she just sort of blends in, maybe? Uh, yes. Oh yeah, you're you such a tall woman. Yeah. Very easy oh, to if, blend in. If only she had a helmet. Well, she's confident that she's unbeatable by anybody, so she's just going to join the battle and then kill everybody on the way to Stannis. Yeah, Stannis's men aren't very also, good. Also, is it a rule? Nope. Is it a they rule that cry. when you sentence someone to death, <laughs> you have to take your sword out of its sheath just a little bit? Is I that, think that I is a rule. It's in the book. Sure. Dramatic flair. Hey, look what I got. It's sharp. <laughs> yes. Yep. All right. So we have Brett, a.k.a. White Raven, joining us just to make this a little more crazy. Um, Brett, Holy shit. Think? Yeah, <laughs> 10 people. What did you think of the episode, Brett? I was fine with it. Uh, I was all right. Uh, give it. I think I gave it three and a half on the forums. It was good enough for me. All right. Glad you could join us. <laughs> cool. Wow. Glad to have you. <laughs> uh, so then after business with Stannis and Sansa and Brienne, we have a short scene with Ramsay reveling in his victory and being a total douchebag. Uh, and then Stannis uh, is, is utterly broken. We see him alone in the forest. He fights off a pair of, of Bolton soldiers, but is wounded. Brienne finds him in the forest and sentences him to die. His brother, her king, Bradley Baratheon, and swings her sword. And I guess <laughs> this moment where we have to speculate whether or not Stannis is, is not only defeated, but, but dead and gone. That the sound of the sword hitting that was from Ramsay's scene, so we, that sound of the crunch was not from Brienne's huh. scene. I, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Plus, if she's swinging and she and she didn't hit him, like what was she swinging at? So like he has to be dead, but they didn't show it. So I don't know. She was cutting down so, the tree. Yeah, yeah. she was doing a Jon Snow <laughs> on Egret the first time, where he like right. swings and hits the thing next to her. Like, I'm mad, but I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> just like a quick, quick pull. Like, who thinks he's dead? I don't think he's dead. Not I. I do not. Uh, really? I think he's dead. I would be a vote dead. Why not show it? Then? I uh, think he should be, but I have no idea. Well, because they showed John dying. Be like, well, they're not going to show Stannis, so people go, oh, he must be alive, and then they're going to show John getting stabbed to hell. Oh, he must be dead, and then next mm, season, so flip, flip it. it. Yeah. I mean, right. I could be wrong, and maybe they're leaving the options open, but there's no reason to have Stannis around anymore. There's just no reason. I don't think he's dead, and I think that you guys have a point that he might not 
have any reason to be alive at this point in the show's story. It doesn't seem like he has anywhere to go. I do think he is utterly broken. I think that he is a king in, in just name only at this point. He doesn't really have any real power to throw around. So for that reason, I think that part of his story is done. I could see the next step maybe being him going to the wall and becoming the new Lord Commander after John. That's the only thing I really have. Or just oh. being part of the, the wall, the, joining the watch. <laughs> I think he's got a score to settle so, with oh. Melisandre. Yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. Got a series of that happening, but it would be under different circumstances and, you know, eventualities. Yeah. But if he just walks up there, if he walks, if she takes him to the wall, and like you're you're in the you're in the watch now, it doesn't have the same impact as him making a choice to join the watch and fighting off the others because that's what he's made for. I'm so confused at what like purpose this serves in terms of you know. Brienne, and and by this I mean like the cutting away. Like, are oh. they trying to preserve Stannis's dignity? Like, if Stannis is alive, what does that mean for Brienne? If I, he's I th- dead, then I don't think it serves a, a practical purpose for the plot. But I think right. they they like the whole surprise, gotcha, suspense. You don't know. That's what they're. That's their show right now. Well, that's, that's dumb. It. <laughs> Thank you, and it wasn't the only time they did that in this episode. They also did it with yeah, literally Sansa left them in the air. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, oh I, I know, I know. And but Rizella. but I can see, like I can see. I mean, I hated that, but dramatically, that plays a little bit better to me than like literally this kind of sort. I mean, deadly cut and that no resolution. Yeah. You know, to to what like all of these episodes been building up to and like it just it it seems really sloppy to me. It's like what don't you want us to know that like it's the type of thing where it's like withholding information. It's like the kind of mystery where like you can't solve it because the author is too dumb to hide the information well. I wonder if it's really just a simple explanation of they didn't want to use the special effects budget because decapitations are really hard to show realistically. I hope that's not the reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just saw a decapitation mm-hmm. in the fighting pencil yep. episode and that was like a throwaway thing. They love to show that kind of stuff. <laughs> was that yeah, a distance think- though? I think the only way you can rationalize it decapitate him. I mean, like you know, she could have done anything. Yeah. I think the only way you can rationalize it is that it is the show again, kind of what Adam was saying. It's just trying to be tricky, trying to leave you. You can like that or not like that. I'm not really a fan of it either, but that is what they are doing. They want to keep it up in the air for next season to have something to think about in all the off season time. I also think it is kind of what you were also saying, Adam, that kind of mix up the ambiguity of deaths here. If he does end up dying and and John ends up living, that is an interesting way to let you know be clear or not whether or not a character is dead to, to leave it not obvious because if you're if you if a cutaway signifies not death every time you kind of lose some suspense if they're going to keep using that device yeah playing games maybe they have an open-ended negotiation with Stephen Delane and they needed some leverage on that if he won't come back <laughs> maybe that was it yeah. with I that just, salary cap I feel like George does the same thing he does yeah. How, yeah, we don't know what how many people are alive right now in this even so it's the same thing they're just I don't know. They're copying jo- uh, George's method, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what happens with Brienne, right? Exact same thing with Brienne. It's interesting. I was I was half expecting Stannis to shout a word. <laughs> well, her face. I think maybe. her face really maybe. did kind of soften when he said, "You know, do your duty." Like she was expecting him to beg for mercy or to cower, and he just didn't do it. And, and that's kind of what they were saying inside the episode. That was what they were kind of saying is that they saw that or that Brienne observed that he was not as much of a monster as she perceived him as. She actually isn't aware of how much of a monster he is she just and is missing some information i think though the reason why she may have abstained is like when he says do your duty and she swings she's not doing her duty it's, it's vengeance it's you know what i mean like justice her she's duty like, oh, crap, was I forgot. 
I forgot about that. Exactly. <laughs> she just hears a flump in the background. Anyhow, music starts playing. She just runs around. <laughs> She's actually going to catch Sansa. Uh, That's no, how Brienne dies. Sansa crushes her when she falls 300 <laughs> feet off the walls of Winterfell. It was flying into the forest. <laughs> Yeah, but some people are along that line thinking that this could be the giant party of Sansa, um, Theon, Pod, Brienne, and Stannis going up to the wall together, which would be interesting. As I guess. long as Stannis and Sansa, Sansa are on opposite sides of that yellow brick king's road. Yeah. <laughs> as they all link arms and are skipping along. So is Theon the, the scarecrow? I think Sansa yeah, is so. the tin man because he's That's... got a heart. Right. Uh, he's got the flaming heart. Theon's a cowardly lion. Theon's looking for a dick. Pod's looking for a dick. I'm sorry, who's looking for a dick in Wizard of Oz? Did I miss that part from that lovely uh, Golden Age Hollywood movie? That was the, uh, Game of uh, the triple the uncut version is really Thrones. weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Sansa on the walls. So Sansa tries to find some way out on her own, but is caught by Miranda. He threatens Sansa viciously with her bow. Reek finally finding some courage. Throws Miranda off the wall to her death. And oh, jumps off the wall. That's splat. Yeah, that splat was so good. We didn't get a splat though. With the so, so it didn't seem like they would have survived with their own little jump. Nine, nine foot snow drifts yes. on the other side of the wall. I mean. <laughs> What? We should have done a better job filming what the, what the snow was like down there. With it just looking straight down, you couldn't tell what it was like. You, can't, you couldn't tell what it was like from like the base of the, you know, from the the side of the fall. Like I don't care how deep that snow is, they they're really falling, really far. Just made me very angry. It was like you know she she doesn't like she gets that thing like oh, okay well I'll die you know with some part of that and it's like oh this is a moment of strength that's like. Not, not really, though, because she's just standing there terrified in front of this psychopathic girl, and then the one who brought Miranda there in the first place is the one who is like almost like spasms, and yeah, then they're both like giving off, and I'm like, well, let's just jump off the wall. It's like, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's jump. I, I, I cannot express to you guys how frustrated and upset well, I'm, I'm I am by this. The other except for what I just said. At least when you know Theon text Jane, like they know that the you know the. Sanderson and his men are right outside the walls. They have the destination to go to. But here, like, what's their best case scenario that they'll just run un- and escape Ramsey? Run? They're gonna both have yeah, broken fucking legs. What's, what's their- <laughs> Maybe she thinks there's some vague person out there trying to help her, but she doesn't know who it is. And she's no. They they didn't come to rescue her when she put the candle up, so she's under no, you know, yep. belief that they'll be there to help her. Yeah, yeah, did she is. expect like immediate saving? Okay, lit the candle. Where are oh, you? For this show, yes. I feel like next season is going to start out with Ramsey walking over to where they're laying on the ground and be like, was that worth it, really? And dragging <laughs> them both back in. But <laughs> I don't, it would make sense. You're beyond the point of plans after uh, Miranda over the balcony. That was just, you have to react and now, because Ramsey's going to find that, and so you just kind of got to deal with that and get out of there any way you can. It's not like, oh, we have a plan to get away from here. We just are panicking. But also, no one saw That's them. True. There was no one else there. Yeah. So she could have just gone back and Theon could have just pretended he wasn't there. Theon can't, she can't face down off. Ramsey like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but but yeah, I think you you have a point, Paul. It was an you know an act of desperation, but but it just doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't immediately get caught if they're just going to sneak away from in this open plain around Winterfell. But as for it making dramatic sense, I think that what they were going for with the whole like like clasping hands, we'll do this together, is the whole idea of them both being people who have been been you know torn down to such a degree, and they kind of have that bond, I guess. Leaping into that the end, suicidal bond. Because Sam, because women are very forgiving, and this one thing that Theon does. You need to forgive him necessarily at this point. It's a forgiving action. That that look, that clasping hands. Yeah, but it's self-serving too. 
down off the wall and try to aim for his body. Maybe yeah. she was grabbing his hands from underneath her. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to be her landing pad. Beyond breaks the fall. I, I don't think her being a part of his plan to escape is hack and as bad as it is. I think that you know she's gaining something here. It's not like she's like, oh, you're you're fine now at the end. I, we don't know how this works out. For all we know, they could land and we could pick up a rock and hit him in the head with it. Just because they jumped together doesn't mean she forgave him. Let us move to Bravos, where we have Marin Trent whipping young girls for some reason, but he's unable to get a response from the last one in in on the line who reveals herself be Arya Stark. She stabs Trant repeatedly in a that she is Arya Stark and he is no one and slits his throat. So yes, Arya gets another kill here. This was fucking brutal. Yeah. I guess um, the main thing I guess they're getting at here is that Arya definitely is, is at least this is how I was interpreting it, that she is messed up and they were kind of trying to reaffirm that idea. We get that a bit in, in previous seasons, but we've kind of had her more subdued more orderly in kind of trying to go to the faceless man approach of, of this being sort of a dispassionate thing. Here we do definitely get back to Arya Stark. She is she is pretty murderous and she to some degree I wouldn't say revels in it, but she she definitely extends the process of killing him and kinda of <laughs> takes some some amount of joy. Here? Yeah, and she took some amount, something out of, out of the experience of killing him in the most brutal way possible. So she's just like him. She got off uh, on hurting him <laughs> I, guess. I don't know if i can give the show that much credit you know it like to me it was like we see him doing this nauseating thing with these girls and then sure it's a little creepy what Arya does it didn't feel as much of it like as much of a judgment on Arya. i mean well I mean, you can just slit so his throat evil. right away it's a nice easy quick wave she chose and then sit him up ask him if she knows who he is say have his, say my name all this kind of stuff Same like a crazy person <laughs> I, I do think it was kind of trying to show that to some degree. I like the callback to the sickly girl. I thought that was a nice touch because you kind of expect the hair to come back and it to be Arya's face. I just thought it was a little bit ridiculous how like mesh twirling evil they had to make Marin Trant. Like he, he was a pedophile. He stopped at that. He doesn't have to also beat the girls. Like it was just they laid it on really, really thick. And also this kind of ties into the next scene about where she learns about the faces. But they obviously have some weird magic to get the faces hooked on to themselves, but she seemed to just take the face and affix yeah. it pretty madly. So like a rubber mask. how'd she pull it That's off? One of my points. That was a weird thing. Known and unexplainable. So speaking of unknown and unexplainable things, our next scene with Arya is her sneaking back to the Hall of Faces to put that mask back. And she is caught by Jaken and the Waif. Jaken approaches Arya and says that she will be punished for her mistake. Holding up a vial, he says that only death can pay for life and drinks it, promptly collapsing on the floor. Arya is horrified, and even more so when Jaken, question mark, wakes up behind her wearing the waif's clothes. Arya begins tearing face after face off the original Jaken, only to find her own. And suddenly she begins to lose lose sight, and the world goes dark for Arya Stark. Was this like the cave scene in Empire, where like she's supposed to see herself as Darth Vader? I guess. I don't understand. Yeah, I went right to the 500 Hats of Bartholomew Cummins, my favorite Dark Seuss book, where every time the kid takes his hat off, another hat pops up right underneath it. And every time she pulled the face off, it was the exact same thing. So yeah, I, I just wanted to see how that would go. How many faces well, I, she would pull I, off? I'm taking it as maybe she was hallucinating. They gave her something because how would her face be there? And also, how did she go blind if she didn't take? She didn't right. take anything. They didn't give her anything. So like, there's literal like magic. And how did Jack and Hagar kill himself? And who, who, is there no Jaken? Like, was there never a Jaken? Is that what we're supposed to get? Was there never a wait? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, Jaken, the character, the person Jaken, was never a faceless man to start. That was an identity that he took on. And I think that yeah. they're just using it because it's something yeah, she's familiar using it with. because it's something so, yeah. we're familiar with. Everything is Jaken and no one is Jaken kind Jaken. of thing. Exactly. It's just a face. I was, I was really hoping, like, after she started pulling out the first three, would be, like, the people that she's killed. 
just to, that might Oliver. have been more dramatic because it just wouldn't have made sense. And of course, the show has to make a lot of sense all the time. So who can do right, that? Right, like space faces. and Gendry's. It's got to make sense. <laughs> oh, that's where Gendry was the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Did she go blind? No, magic. I, I, yeah, I think I think it's Greg's angle that they must have snuck something and drugged her because I I do kind of agree with that. The scene was so weird that I think part of it must have been some kind of hallucination. That was part right, of whatever. Go blind. She yeah. drinks milk. Right. It's like yeah. our milk or something. Yeah. But we are so. definitely getting the Arya is blind storyline, I guess. So I guess some questions on that. Is this going to be just more training? Or is it? Well, I guess it, it is that and it's also punishment. Kind of the same scenario in the book. But also, is she going to do the warging thing? Well, she's just going to learn if to If they're be doing blind? the John warging thing, they're going to have to like probably show that as an all-star kids thing. We already know Bran can, if they remember who Bran is. So, yeah. But they can they can hype that up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I tend to think that they'll probably bait and switch it a little bit. Like, we'll see her as a blind beggar for, like, a long time. A long time, meaning, like, a couple minutes in an episode. And then... <laughs> right, exactly. With inclement weather. It'll rain right, and exactly. stop. And... <laughs> yeah, I was glad that there was some consequence. I, I kind of wish they'd explained it a little bit more. I mean, they did, I guess. It, it was fine, but, you know, just because, again, Arya always just goes through this this process of being like, I can take whatever I want, and it's like, you can't take the Faceless Men. Alright, so next we do have the excellence that is Dorne. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's crew getting ready to head out, head home after this fun vacation. Alaria gives Marcella, Marcella a goodbye kiss as Tyun says goodbye to her. <laughs> Her, uh, in her own way um, and then we so get back on the bite. ship <laughs> and, and then we get back on the ship Jamie tells Marcella how lucky she is to be betrothed to someone that she truly loves he begins to awkwardly explain how complicated love is but Marcella stops him and explains she knows about him and Cersei they share a tender moment but Marcella begins to react to what, are, what appears to be poison and back on the dock Alaria watches the ship takes an antidote or so, she yes, killed poison. herself I guess she's dead or she you killed guys, herself <laughs> everybody saw this coming when she kissed yeah. her right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I actually did not. Is that how I you say goodbye in Dorne? Yeah, that was yeah, a really weird long saying. kiss on yeah. the lips. No wonder yeah. why Dorne is so popular. Dorne is a very kiss progressive and lips, culture. Biting ears. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's very, very steamy. Fuck and fight. Fight and fuck. All the bad pussies <laughs> over there. <laughs> Especially the ones with the bad. That was strange. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was as far as I got with it. I was like, oh, I guess this is how they do things here. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting something, but it made sense. It's just real weird how Marcella just took it out. I, I think if I were her, I would be like, whoa, whoa. What, what are you doing? Andres, dude. I was, I was hoping she would kiss Tristane a little bit afterward. Yeah. Why didn't she or kiss Jamie? Like, if you're going for someone. Well, Marcella is more politically threatening than Jamie. Yeah, I guess. I just like how they finally gave a nice, yeah. like, some good dialogue, some uh, you know, depth to her character, and then they killed her. So Maybe this is all Tristane's plan. I was actually wondering that. I was wondering if like Tristane was in on it and was going to like charge in and stab Jamie or something. Or if Doran <laughs> sanctioned it, gave Alaria that like knowing nod, like go ahead, and then she kissed her. So maybe, maybe had to do it anyway. I actually didn't think of that. Well, and that's that why I sense. thought she killed herself because well, she yeah. knew that Doran would never forgive her. I thought she was ending her life there. Yeah. I figure when your nose is bleeding, uh, like that seems you're past the point of antidotes. But it's the same thing that happened with with bronze. Time today. So, no, because LeBron's nose was bleeding. LeBron. LeBron's nose was bleeding. <laughs> His head was bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
why are they turning around? It's like, oh, I guess we're too far from Dorne to go back. Like, well, they might turn around next season. We didn't get. Does that it's mean they're going to kill Tristane? Tristane gets to King's Landing. Cersei's not going to let him live. Yeah, no, she's not. I don't know how. I don't know how much Cersei's going to have to say about a lot of this stuff. See, mm. well, that's that's depends like on how fast they kill Kevin off, I suppose. Yeah, I do like your your theory, Paul, about it being Dorian involved because, of course, one of the logical breaks here. I guess it makes sense, but it's just like you literally just swore your oath to, to you know follow him and now you're still doing subterfuge and Doran if Doran has nothing to say about that or there's no repercussion that's just stupid and maybe he is involved because I, I don't think he's in with the Lannisters and that might be a way to set up next next step for Doran see I don't point in keeping that secret like I I see why people would think that but I just if they do that then again that's bad storytelling because we've I mean it's bad storytelling Either way, because at this point, Doran looks like an idiot. You know, also, no insurance on Tristane at all. And that is his heir. And he's... Yeah, true. Maybe they gave Tristane the antidote so he can be the hero and save the day and be given her the... Yeah. I I would buy that. That would make more sense. However much they paid for Bashir, they paid too much because he wasn't even in the fucking (laughs) season. Yep. Criminally underused. Criminally underused. It's just like Mance Raider. I feel like he did fine for what he had to do, but they didn't really give him much to do i wish they'd left out dorn <laughs> you know i really do i wish it was a placeholder but like you know i i heard something about saying like oh we weren't sure we'd have time to to put in dorn or we weren't sure how we were gonna and looking back i'm like then don't do it like then we would have had more time with these other yeah. you know characters sure we all would have been furious but it's literally this steaming pile of excrement i think i would have wow. liked it better if they had cut dorn and left jamie's or like his book plot and had him take Braun with him on that learning to the Riverlands, yeah. yeah. I guess what must have happened is that they, they had the plot in mind for the Riverlands, but they just thought it didn't work or wasn't interesting for whatever reason, and they had the Dorn plot in mind, and they thought, well, just push these together, it'll it'll work. And then some point along the way, they're like, oh, wait, this is not working at all, but they were committed at that point. I feel like that must I'm, have been how it worked out. I mean, we have to keep in mind that they they know where they're going, and we don't know where the books and sure? the show are going. <laughs> well, well, okay, they have at least a target. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotcha. The, okay. the, the point is, if let's go back to Stannis for a second. So say Stannis has an interesting arc where maybe he wins the Battle of Winter and whatnot, but ultimately he doesn't throne, then just like Aegon, it makes sense to cut him early to save money and camera time for other things that they need to get on the screen. So what just like things? Dorne, maybe, well, we don't know the answer to that yet because season six and seven haven't been filmed yeah, and put on television. And maybe Dorne will play a part in the conclusion so they have to at least raise the flag on it and say, okay, here here are these elements. Prince Duran's going to play a critical role to the conclusion, so we have to at least have him show up. I think that's shaping a lot of the decisions in this conclusion, for sure, because a lot of things get discarded, like Marcella. Like, maybe she doesn't die at the beginning of the next book or at the end of book five, but maybe she will eventually, or she's just a plot complication that they rather resolve this way than have hanging around. Well, we're all pretty sure she's going to die, right? I mean, the whole Maggie the Frog prophecy. Yeah, right. Just not this quickly, which is fine. You know, if they're going to speed it up, it's just it's just it's more the setup and everything else about Doran that makes it unappealing. It's just it's not interesting storytelling. Oh, I agree. Doran is hot garbage this season, (laughs) (laughs) not just from climate reasons. Like it's just bad all over the place. And I complained about it every time I was recording with you guys. But (laughs) 
if if it's to serve a purpose that we don't know about, then maybe I, you, you know judge the work at its conclusion, even though it's poor now. <laughs> I tried that with the I tried that with the Hobbit, and I was burned so bad. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move to Maureen, where we have Tyrion, Jorah, and Dario hanging out on some steps, unsure of what to do next. Dario takes action and makes a plan to go out and find Danny with Jorah's help. Tyrion wants to go along, but Dario convinces him that he will be more useful ruling the city with the help of Masande and Grey Worm. As Tyrion looks out at the city, Varys arrives to give some advice and support. Who put Dario in charge of everything? <laughs> Nobody. Rogan, the, the look that Jorah gives, <laughs> gives Dario after he like, taps him on the shoulder, he's like, I am so going to grayscale you, bro. It's not even funny. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I'm taking you with me. Up my sleeve. <laughs> I did like um, Jorah's reaction when Dario's like, does he always talk all like this? And he's just like, <laughs> the slowest nod, like, Fucking yes. God, yes. <laughs> there are some good moments here. I mean, it's a weird kind of setup, but but yeah, I think that it wasn't too bad. But Dario's so, reasoning why anyone in Marine would listen to these people doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't care what they were or Missandei or Tyrion said. I've they stopped. weren't listening to Daenerys. Like, <laughs> I've stopped trying to let things make sense, though. I just am done. <laughs> things don't make sense, and this is yep. all just a strange fever dream. Game things are happening. Just, just gonna so the that. harp, you're like, oh, you got a dwarf with you now? Okay, okay, back off. It's like C-3PO in Star Wars. They worship him for some reason. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I like this. This was one of those scenes where I was like, okay with it in a vacuum. These are all amazing actors, and I liked seeing Missandei and Grey Worm. Missandei's tops getting smaller and smaller as the seasons go by. Um, <laughs> Thank R'hllor. It's getting hotter. <laughs> that's She's officially joined yes. the Unsullied. That's why she has that, because that's like the Unsullied's outfit for girls, but there's only one girl in the Unsullied. <laughs> it's her. Or, but, but again, like, I just getting hung up on the on the practicality of it. And I, I also don't understand how they're not all dead. How do they get out Jordan of there? Them why, all away. why aren't the, the sons of the harpy being like, oh, okay, now we go to the go to the main pyramid and we take it over and now this occupation is done. Well, I guess it like, must be Why aren't they getting so many gaps in this? Like Masande not knowing the word for dwarf. Completely inconsistent. Of course she would know the word for dwarf. <laughs> no, she was being, she was trying yeah, to be she was, she on the light. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. person, I, but she didn't yeah. know the word. <laughs> what, what was Tyrion's mix up? I forget. His that he said his Valerian is very nostril. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good. Did anyone else think this scene would have been improved with a jam box and then playing craps? Yeah, it would have been stoop? way better. Yeah. Anything to say about Varys showing up here and wearing? I like awesome. Kind of enjoyed it. Swam here. I don't, I don't really get how he got right up in there. Like I guess he's got his fucking. Yeah, he's Varys. He gets <laughs> sneaky way. His birds and everything, but. Yeah, he just like walks up next to Tyrion. He's like, "Oh shit, you're here. Thank you for coming." And why is he encouraging Tyrion to all the city? Is he going to leave Tyrion exactly. behind? Exactly. Why isn't yeah. Why is he gathering them together and being like, "Okay, we're leaving this place now"? Because they got to wait for Danny. So then, let's go ahead and move to our last scene with Danny, where in the middle of the Dothraki Sea, Drogon loafs around, oblivious to Danny's attempts to get him moving. She starts walking and quickly spots a lone horseman, who is soon joined by a full-blown Dothraki horde who storm toward Danny and begin riding around her in circles, but not before she drops her ring in the grass. I think this is actually probably my favorite scene of the of the episode, but I keep thinking like, Daenerys, what do your eyes see? <laughs> There's so much Lord of the Rings. Stuff. I definitely said Lords the same thing. Lords of the thing. Mark. <laughs> Who's... <laughs> 
She God she looks it. really short when she's walking around out there. Like I, I guess she's not tall, but something looks weird about her when she was walking around. Maybe she's wearing a dress in the middle of the field. Well, she didn't really have time to change. So. Yep. I get it. <laughs> it was, it was good to see that immaculate dress finally get dirty because it just had to at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfectly white. You know, Michelle Clapton is leaving, who's yes. designed the costumes for the past five seasons. And oh, really? <laughs> I wonder if that was like her last thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to destroy this dress. You only let dress. me design one thing per person for five scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a different dynamic meeting the Dothraki just standing up instead of having a dragon with you. Yeah. Different power yeah. dynamic. Do you think uh, Drogon was just being like difficult and stubborn or he was actually really injured and couldn't go anywhere? No, he's being like my girlfriend, she, who, like, you want him to think. He's just, like, laying there on the floor going, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Fuck you. I'm taking a How nap again. How your buddy stabbed with multiple spears? Because <laughs> he was literally licking his wounds. Yeah. Drogon did look like a very big cat, was just, like, licking his wounds and wagging his tail and laying there. This was very fit to me as a cat owner. I have Agreed. To you fall under the giant. You try to climb on and they fuck you off. You try to play with him and he just says, fuck you. Well, that's accurate. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, hey, you want to play? It's like, oh, no. Who are you? Now. Just get me food. Did she bring so somebody could find her? Like, what What yes. was the point yeah. of that? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, we're going Legolas. Mm-hmm. It was it's highly improbable. So that's the Leaf of Lorien thought. Okay. My first are reaction we... was that maybe she didn't want them to know who she was, but like... I... No, I'm not Mother of Drag. Uh, oh, don't, uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> they definitely upped the Dothraki Horde CGI budget since we had yeah. Dothraki Horde. Yeah, it was just like a, a couple one. people in a line. Yeah, it was so, a good shot. And I, I kind of bought... It was... And I don't mean this in a way that, like, I don't like seeing Danny powerful, but I think she gets very one note when she is in charge and I think seeing her at a loss seeing her frustrated with Drogon you know yeah. like just giving Amelia a different side of Danny to, to act and like yeah. seeing that look of like oh I could actually be completely fucked right now when the when the Colossar was right around yeah. her was good and I'm just this goes back to the book I guess but like are they going to try to take her back to the Doge Colleen or kill her yeah, or they're going to take over the army and then go back to Mary East. Hasn't George said in the book that it's going to be a long thing, a big long thing with the Dothraki? The show might not be that. No. He did say something, I think, that was like, I don't know if it was around like this idea that Danny and Tyrion meet on the show, but he, he said something like, yeah, yeah they, they, they meet eventually in, in the Winds of Winter. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Different conversation, but how, how does how would she get to follow her? I don't know why they ever would. They're going to have a riding contest and she's going to kick their asses. Yeah, she's horse dragon. versus dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and they just eat Very their fair. horse. It's like, well, you lost. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move to, I guess, the highlight of the episode for a lot of people, King's Landing, where we get Septa Yanella coming to Cersei's cell once again, and this time Cersei decides that she will confess. She goes to the High Sparrow and admits that she shared intimate sexual relations with her cousin, Lancel Lannister, but no one else. The High Sparrow tells her that she will still have a trial to sort the truths from the falsehoods, but will be allowed to return to the Red Keep, so long as she atones for her sins. Stripped and shaved, Cersei is forced to walk naked from the Sept of Baelor to the Keep as the people of King's Landing look on. Things quickly devolve into madness as the crowd shouts insults, throws things, and runs at Cersei. Cersei holds together for a while, but is eventually overcome and collapses to the ground in tears, but gets up and makes it to the safety of the castle. She is met by Kevin Lannister, Pycelle, and Kyburn, who introduces her to the newest member of the King's Guard. They introduced so, yes. us to without saying his name. I told you guys Kevin would be back for that sweet, sweet ass. He knew it was happening. Oh, Pycelle, Pycelle, Pycelle 
was there. They all came Pycelle out. Was, I, agree. I actually thought Pycelle was more curious that Kyburn was so friendly with her because he didn't do his eye thing until after Kyburn embraced her and was all hugging up on her. Oh. I, I see what you all mean. She was naked. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> lecturous. All right, so thoughts actually on the first bit with the confessing with the High Sparrow. Anything on that? Pretty much plays out how yeah. it is in the books, right? Where like they really, they really can't prove Jane, that she slept with anyone else. Aside in the books, it's the Kettle Blacks, but it's, she's basically atoning in her head for everything, but she's atoning on the page for the one of the six things that she's done. True. It was interesting with that because I think that it, it's weird that the only charge, I guess, that they're considering right now is the fornication, whereas I think the other stuff is still on the table, right? Yeah. Uh, and and it's kind of a given if, if Lan- well, I guess not. She wouldn't have to confess to the things with Robert and everything, but it's going right. to come up. Well, the killing sure. Robert can't Wait, Lancel. wouldn't... And ha- have it, having uh, Joffrey and Tommen and Marcella not be Robert's kids. Yeah, that's the most the important thing. thing. Is it important to the Sparrows, though? Because, I mean, who just legitimized their power, right? Murder's Well, no, but I mean, they, they got their decree from if they if they take Tommen and they say, oh, everything he's done is not legitimate, then do they want to take power? Like, what would be the end game there? Well, I mean, that's the point of religious radicals, though. They don't have end games. The end game is to serve the seven gods. Yeah, but he's been selective about that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's probably like, there's probably another Baratheon somewhere. And Brienne's like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the ball. (laughs) All right, thoughts on on the walk itself course a terrible thing and you know what's interesting about it is that it definitely and i think this is, is fairly consistent with the book does make you start to sympathize with Cersei a bit and i think it definitely did for me and of course she is like the evilest of evil and of characters in this this area and uh i think that they definitely made her sympathetic here which was well, again very well acted by lena hetty the gradual breaking down of her was really yeah. well performed mm-hmm. i liked how it went from her facial expression to almost a first person view of what she was going through yeah that's good mm-hmm. yeah i will say i didn't think they needed to show all of her as often as they did. Like, they had a few scenes where it was just... Well, it was a body double, so it wasn't... It was all of Cersei, <laughs> for, for all intents and purposes. What, how, it, did it feel long to anyone else? Like, I don't know how long yeah. it was. but That it was intentional, very... though, I thought. It, it's supposed to yeah. be uncomfortable, right? It felt uncomfortably long, but it didn't feel too long at the same time. Kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It needed like, to be long to have, been, to have this sort yeah. of... Yeah. The, the one journey in Westeros that takes exactly as long as it should take. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the one guy who, you know, everyone is screaming these awful words, you know, brother fucker, whore, and this one guy gets up and goes, tart! <laughs> so I was like, I figured people around him were like, really, tart? You're going with tart? Here's some, here's some lettuce. Throw some lettuce, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I also felt like like the walk brought out all the flashes of King's <laughs> <What's> Landing. <that? laughs> the flashes were weird. The second and third time it was weird, I should say. You know what's interesting? And I, I think that, I mean, I, I didn't like enjoy it, this scene, because obviously it's hard to enjoy. But I think what it captures in the same way that the book does is that it's kind of that like satisfaction, but also like this frustration that like Cersei's not actually being punished for any of the bad things that she's actually done. Mm. This is not the punishment. And it's the same thing that happens with Theon. You know, I hate Theon and I think he deserves to suffer hugely, but it's not. But he doesn't deserve to have stupid Ramsay Bolton just use him as a plaything. It's like this weird disconnect between crimes and and 
punishment and and it's like crime punishment and then justice in a different category yeah justice is the real key there these are not like this isn't what should happen it's just yeah you feel better because the people you dislike are suffering but it's not proportional and it's not in due to the actual issues that they've done the crimes they've committed yeah i, I kind of agree with what both you're saying Michael, and, Steve, and i think that but i think that's really intelligent and i kind of think it's cool that, that that it's just not you know it's not fair it's not like it's not deserved i think that that is very i wouldn't say realistic but you know it's good writing i think oh yeah i i think so too it just it kind of frustrates me that lena hetty is like absolutely getting at least an emmy nomination and probably an emmy for this and five seasons of being cersei which is not been that different from what she's she's doing right in this scene it's just kind of the culmination of it but like now that she's like naked and degraded now she's gonna get her emmy well i think every character in the show has to do something particularly stand out to merit a nomination like like Tyrion is up for one this year and it's mostly because of everything that happened with him in um you know with the trial and i think that you know he is acting merits a nomination every year but it has to be something particularly dramatic for it to get one emmys are not subtle they prefer right yeah, exactly. Mm, Big moments. They are rated according to an episode individually, not a season, so that is part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, Dinklage got one for season one. Yeah, but that's mostly because of Game of Thrones being, you know, it's another another part of the politics. It comes on stage, so it's a big, new, cool thing, so they're going to yeah. award. Any thoughts on Robert Strong? How he was portrayed. I feel weird cool. about his blue skin. They know it in the book that something's not right with him, though. They're like, he doesn't eat, he doesn't shit, he doesn't breathe. Yeah, they all he also can't, you can't see eyes or anything in the book. Like they needed it in the show. Yeah, to it's show in line. Something other than, than I was just thinking it was Gregor, but I, I enjoyed it. Like when I saw it, I I really it freaked the crap out of me. Like I couldn't stop looking at the purple skin. The eyes are kind of cross-eyed. Then as she's carrying Cersei, <laughs> yeah. like they both have crazy eyes, and it's it was. I just love that whole that whole last scene. The scale if, is if amazing. If it wasn't for the previously on connecting the dots so obviously, do you think that the Unsullied would have been like, oh, I know who Probably that is? Not. I mean, especially since they didn't name him. Like, I, actually, I think they all, would. All, all, all I think they would. Like the the corpse mm. moving, like it was all very subtle. People, like I'm sure there are people that didn't even notice it. I think the people paying attention would easily notice it. You know, it's it's clearly something Kyburn is doing and we, we've had people if they're interested in this particular subplot they've been paying attention and they know that, that it would have been Gregor he had done there sometimes I think us book readers don't give show watchers enough credit mm-hmm. as far as remembering things. Well, it's also a thing you assume a show watcher is, is speaking for every single person who has not read the books and they're not all the same person with the same no. uh, degree of right. story obviously I mean, I, they must all be the same I didn't remember I was thinking about the Dutch Colleen thing and I didn't remember if they'd even brought that up in the show and so I had to go to the wiki and I don't think they did but I'm not sure and I'm not rewatching it so I'll just write it <laughs> <laughs> that's responsible somebody will let you know <laughs> hashtag journalism whatever yeah. alright so any more thoughts on King's Landing I Kyburn I am so like this actor I don't he must have read the books like he is perfect Kyburn like yeah, he's perfect. really good yeah, he's great. And that, like, sensitive, like, you know, like, you want him to take care of you, and then you're like, oh, crap, no, I don't. Oh, oh, also, what I wanted to say is Cersei looks like Furiosa. <laughs> I like her haircut. Sure, I think she looks better. Yeah. She looks Lena more Hedy. like Lena Headey. Yeah. I also like that they didn't have to shave anywhere else, because obviously all the women in Westeros are just naturally groomed very well. <laughs> naturally. Speaking of people groomed very well... Let us go to the wall. Segway. <laughs> Best segway ever. Yes. Yes. I got it. Yes. <laughs> Where we get John. Um, ex- 
very much. Um, we get John explaining to Sam what went down at Hardhome and how hopeless things seem, especially since the Night's Watch still resents their Lord Commander for letting the Wildlings through. Uh, Sam asks John to allow him to go to Old Town with Gilly, since they are no longer safe at the Wall, and Sam will be more useful as a trained maester. John eventually gives his consent, and Sam heads out with Gilly and little Sam. So we are in fact getting Old Town. I just loved how like John's like it starts off Maybe. showing just John. And we're like, yes. oh, finally, he's telling someone what happened, and it pans out, and it's just Sam. So he's uh, telling the one person already knows what's yeah. going on. So great, good work, yeah. John. <laughs> Sam's like, hold a fucking yeah, meeting. I killed Tell one of those too. What the hell happened? <laughs> you, you all, everyone else is doing that for him, right? Off of course, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm sure they are. And and how much? Ed's sense been spreading the word. Sam, Sam's great. He's got he's got good logic. He's he's smart, right? He's there. And he's like, look, I, it's about time for me to become a maester. I mean, I shouldn't have done this a year ago, but I need to do it now. Uh, and in a couple of years, I'll be back. And if you survive the, the other attack next week, I'll be able to help. Like, he's just like, like Sam the Slayer is like Sam the Southern. Sam, he just got laid for the first time. He wants to get his woman as far away from the fucking White Walkers as possible. And he's doing it in a very small yeah. way, so... Yeah. I, I did yeah, like I mean, his they can try. <laughs> and John's like, Oh Sam, you motherfucker. Yeah, I like oh, Sam and John just just casually laughing off their oaths like they don't matter at all. I laugh in the face of danger. Sam like, dude, I just let all the wildlings through the wall. I fucked a chick. Yes. <laughs> I also like how Sam took credit for that when it was like, dude, you literally did nothing. Yep. Well Sam this is considered consistent with show sam's character he takes credit for things he does by accident or it just didn't you know it wasn't him doing anything actively like killing the fan and the, and the white walker it just kind of happened <laughs> but it's consistent <laughs> it's nice to see the end of the world working out for someone like they said yeah. <laughs> yeah that was nice and i think part of it is john like uh, kind of wanting to get sam out of here in case things go bad at least he, he'll be all right so so if you want to make that kind of point to try to make it logical that sam is is going out to, to apparently save them in a couple years obviously he'll be back in well, I mean, obviously, also, Eamon is dead now. He wasn't dead when they left, so. Which John never said a word about. He's like, hey, where's Eamon? <laughs> Fucker died, man. Sorry. <laughs> hey, where's Ghost? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> he helped me out to get laid, but, uh. The wingman always goes unthanked. <laughs> hey, Sam, I know you're leaving tonight. Can you just write traitor on this cross for us? Because <laughs> none of us can read or write. <laughs> <laughs> it's for trading exercises. <laughs> it's spelled with an O, guys, not an E. <laughs> and John and Sam were talking about how no one likes them and everybody hates them and just let everybody sneer at them. Guess we'll it go eat like- worms. Yeah, <laughs> yes. like that, that was D and B's stance on everybody hating them. Like everybody hates us, we'll just look and sneer at us, bros till the end. Bros the end. So I'll see you later. Yeah, no, I'm not coming back, John. I am out of here. <laughs> We're gonna take Ghost with us, okay? Uh, no, yeah, we are. <laughs> You don't need he, him. He'll protect us. He's going to be a maester, Direwolf. <laughs> <laughs> we'll build him a cool collar. All right, so the next bit we get on the wall is Davos arriving at Castle Black to plead with John for the aid of the wildlings for Stannis, but John tells him that he, they won't be interested in fighting his battles. Melisandre arrives as well a little bit afterward. Davos asks her some word of Stannis and Shireen, but Melisandre is silent. So, yes, this is where she went, I guess. This is wonderful. She's fast. 
<laughs> you wrote that horse. I was track. riding a All flaming right. horse. Everyone's fast. Everyone's fast. <laughs> I, I just like that she's. I just like that she is broken. Like she doesn't know what to do. And I love that she just pieced out of camp when she found out. She's like, uh, everybody gotta left. Go. I gotta go. Uh, I'll be at the wall if you need me. And then she gets there, and Davos is like, "What happened?" She's like, "Um, <laughs> I, I hear somebody calling my name. I gotta go." I never understood like when her faith when she broke because like that morning she saw the icicles melting she was like oh this is great we're good and then but by the time Solis was found she left like did she burn a fire and look at a fire really quick like as a checkup and been like oh shit I was wrong like when did because she only she only gets that to she's the like fires, right? oh that's what that means. Maybe oh, I got an emergency text oh, message. GTFO, not working. See, now I still think that emojis. she thinks that she's sarcasm. still going to see it. Like, I think that she's like, oh, it's not happening with this, clearly. Because I'm intelligent enough to realize that Stannis has no chance of winning this battle. But the me on the walls of Winterfell and the banners lowering, I think she still thinks that's going to happen. Not if Davos stabs her first. Yeah, maybe she hasn't lost faith, and it could just be, you know, I, I kind of am interpreting a little bit of nuance here, and it kind of making her more more interesting, and in that she's uncertain in her faith, and that could change her. But I maybe it is just her getting the fuck out of Dodge, because Stannis would be pissed at her if, with all this going on. We're just not given enough information, frankly. Yeah. Back to, like, I don't think the fact that she got there that close to Davos is that weird, because they burned Shireen, like, the next day, and Davos would have been slow going in the storm and everything, so she, it, it's not that big a surprise that she would have been right behind him. Well, I got the sense that he was arguing with John for like five hours about this. <laughs> that must have been what it was. John was just tired of hearing it. Yeah, <laughs> this was the end of it. <laughs> That's why he was so pissed yeah, he in the, the next scene. elevator ride down of Davos just saying, please, please, please. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said no. <laughs> I, that was really frustrating to me because it was like seeing whatever happened to Stannis, seeing Shireen die, seeing what happened to Stannis happen whatever that was and then seeing davos being like stannis 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 i was like no 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 stannis is over like you do not serve this guy anymore even if he's still alive like this doesn't happen and and then that kind of confrontation was taken away from us so do you guys think when melisandre when he asked melisandre what was going on with the princess that that he was like oh shit he did it do you think he actually made that leap i don't I think so. No. It seems like he would have yeah, killed her on the knew, spot. He her. I think yeah. he took it as they all got killed. Yeah. Killed in yeah. battle. Like they were overrun. So our last scene of season five is John reading messages in the solar, looking profoundly forlorn. Ollie arrives to tell him that one of the wildlings knows his uncle Benjen and that he's alive. John runs out and is met by Alistair Thorne, who leads him to a pack of gathered black brothers. John pushes through the group, only to see a wood post marked traitor. He turns to his men, who begin stabbing him in turn. For the watch, they say, with each successive blow. John looks to Ollie, who puts the last blade in his chest. John collapses, his blood staining the snow. So John is dead. Greg wins! Yay, money, 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 <laughs> money, please! Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you think hurt John more, the stabbing or the fact that they didn't really know where his Uncle Benjamin was? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he believed the he just, was a, Yeah, why the deception? Part. Well, you know how we all were worried yeah. that they would do it, that it would just be Ollie, and they didn't do that, which I'm glad about, mm -hmm. but the way they did do it was that he decides not to march south with wildlings, and then they decide to kill him. That made no sense whatsoever. Like he, Especially after Hardhome. Yeah. He should have been like, hey, guess what's coming? Yep. It's fucked yep. up. Poor yep. communication yeah. skills. Yep. There's, there's no just, communication just checking skills. off boxes. Exactly. Yeah, I, I guess 
Alistair landing on the wild thing, links through the wall, and then killing him. That yeah. is kind of where you, I have to disconnect. It's not like anything happened between then and now exactly. that would have changed that. Mm-hmm. Nope. And it's also, like, I think, Matt, you posted this on Facebook, that there was, like, a New York Times article that, like, thought that John dying was just, like, totally dumb. And it's, like, funny to think about that because as angry and frustrated as it makes me that it happened in the book George leads up to that really brilliantly and which I found out after listening to all the oh, yeah, podcasts so on it it's, it's very graphic <laughs> yeah. you can see it in hindsight and yeah and but even then, like, you get the frustration, which was why I was so convinced it was just going to be Ollie, because they really hadn't built up to, like, forget building up. They hadn't, like, laid any groundwork of building resentment or, you know, it was like, okay, they don't like the wildlings, but they're adults and are going to deal with it. And then there's this elaborate assassination plot. You know, it's more elaborate than it is in the book. I will say they fooled the fuck out of me. Because, <laughs> like, when they were, like, doing Benjamin, I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? They're going to spoil a Benjamin thing in the show? Yeah. <laughs> Which was good. It was cool to see. You know, I like that got as faked well. Out, we got faked out with John and, and kind of increased the, the, the mm-hmm. frustration on our part, even as book readers. Like, oh, man, no Benjamin. Andy dies. Really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if if his last words had been, you know, like, but, what, but where's Benjamin or something, like, <laughs> then it would have been like, oh. John, you're so dumb. <laughs> like, you know, I know nothing, John. You know style. nothing. Yeah, Paul. When you saw the previous so, Leon, did you guys think that, like, oh, we're getting some kind of Benjamin spoiler? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. a little bit. They tricked me. They uh, got me until until the scene. Until I was like, "Oh, that's what they're using it for." No, yeah. As soon but... as as soon as Ollie came in and was like, "Benjamin's here," I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> this is all a trick." <laughs> but yeah, before that, I, I thought it would happen. Um, but getting back to what you were saying, Michael, this was the the thing I was kind of harping on for a while is that I was so worried that they would mishandle this because, like you were you were referencing with the New York Times article, people are going to see this as a very cheap death, unearned kind of death. Even show watchers, they're going to feel like, oh, it's shock value, stupid. Not, not, you know, they're just, they're just keeping the reputation of killing big characters. And they kind of did it here. And I, and I think we all think, for the most part, that John is going to end up coming <laughs> back. But, but still, it's it's kind of annoying. And but I'm kind of at this point inured to it because of everything with Stannis. I'm like, oh man, they just don't care about setting Is things up Stannis? logically. It just doesn't matter. I was surprised at how I was sort of unmoved by it because I was expecting it. But I still think that the Ollie thing was played out very well. I think that there looked like there was a lot of pain going on there, and it looked like John was trying to communicate with Ollie as opposed to this is not a, a knock on the book. It's just just an observation of difference that like in the book is just like what the hell is happening like john has no time to communicate or whatever and uh, obviously he definitely felt the fourth knife in this, in this particular scenario so i i thought that was very well done i think it's the same thing for me with with the stannis scene is that the scene in isolation was well shot and you know it, it worked but it's just the motivation and the setup that falls short yeah also was anyone pissed that alice or thorn was yeah, in on this i thought they were leading the yep. other way that he mm-hmm. wasn't definitely so disappointed in my man alice or thorn I was surprised I wasn't angry. But hey, they got us again. Yeah, well. By having no character consistency. We were yeah. just we were just reading the wrong tone of his comments about like you're going to get us all killed. He was actually really angry about that kind of stuff. It just uh, we were just reading into it what we thought we wanted to hear. Yeah, I believe you. Gonna, if if you're going to stab him. <laughs> Don't open the gate. It doesn't True. make any sense. It, it, like, all right, uh, we let all the wildlings through. Now let's kill them. That well, that right. makes 
it, it makes a little sense in the in the in the way that like how many people were there. I mean, I don't know how many people were left in the watch, like twenty, fifty, but like it was only like ten people there. So maybe you know he, he <laughs> that was have... all of them in that little stabbing. That was every yeah. single one of them. <laughs> Either they haven't come up with the idea yet, or they don't have the manpower to be like, well, let's just kill John in front well, of everyone. You know, everyone compares his body. assassination to Caesar. You know, and you know people also don't always think that everybody who killed Caesar ended up dying pretty soon after that. Like none of them were particularly successful, and Caesar's followers ended up winning. So if it sticks with that, then they're all gonna you know it was a very small percentage of of the watch that was involved in this. That at least that's what we're led to believe so hopefully it'll it'll stick along those lines and john's adopted son will, will help god uh, take out uh, the traitors <laughs> yeah but if you're gonna plan a coup then like having a coup like it's a huge wall in between you and the people you're trying to kill is better than the other way around yeah did anybody yeah, think it was kind of weird that ali was all like about the watch since he like only just got there recently it seemed like he would have been like <laughs> for my family or for my parents or something he had that yeah, one right. conversation with sam and that's all he needed it seems like he would be mad at the night's watch for letting the wildlings kill his village it was like you know the watch is now representing for him like the justice that his parents didn't get and john is the opposite of that so he's preserving that i just want to know when they all decided to say that <laughs> Guys, what are we gonna what are we gonna say when we kill him? It's gonna be cool. It's got a, it's got a trend on Twitter. It's gonna go viral. <laughs> we need a good marketing line here. It's really gonna be short and sweet. It's gonna really ring in people's ears. You know nothing, John Snow. You know nothing. Ah, too long. Too many words. Already taken. Pass it now. Get Don Draper in here. Can we get John in on this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they had, they had they had two options: traitor or for the watch. And they're like, why don't we write traitor on a sign? And then everybody will stab him and say, for the watch. We can't decide. We can't decide. Thanks, Peggy. We're going with that one. It's like we're doing both. <laughs> they had to break up the titles again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'd love Mad Men Westeros. <laughs> um, did anyone think that when the camera was zooming in on John, they were like, oh, my God, he's going to reanimate? I just expected his eyes to go white. Or he would at least say ghost or something. Well, he said Ollie, so he's going to work in Ollie. Yeah. I would have loved it if he I don't know how many people would play Shadow Mordor if he just like grabbed his face and then did the like little possession thing and then he's him open your eyes (laughs) um okay just me and Zach on that huh yeah Yeah, sorry guys I only play canon video games I'm sorry one other person's going to hear that and enjoy it. I mean, we all think he's going to live, right? We think that that's why Melisandre came back, so she can save him. Uh, we, we think yeah. Jon Snow's coming back, but do we think Kit Harington's coming back? Yes, yes. I think they're all yes. lying. Yeah, well, they're a I bunch think, of liars. I, I think they're lying, too, but what if they're really trying to be sneaky and they just recast and he just they do something real weird? Uh, I can't fucking see uh, it. Uh, I can't like, he jumps, in, he jumps into a dead body or something, I don't know. Some crazy That'd be too hard to sell, I think. It's, he jumps it's into too- a dead body? Why? He's got one. <laughs> I, 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 I know, I know. I'm just saying, it doesn't. Nothing. He's got 99 sense. problems, but a dead body. Ain't one. Well, except his dead body is surrounded by people that would stab him if he got back. Yeah, I up, bet right? you they'd back the fuck off if he got up. Though. <laughs> <laughs> like we need. We, where's the dragon glass? <laughs> like shit, and he's like ghost, and then ghost just mauls every fucking one of them. He's like, leave Ollie for me. He becomes hardcore. His hair turns white. I'm a Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it merits some discussion is that I, I've always thought, even with the books, that there would have to have been some kind of consequence with John dying and later being resurrected, whether it be a, some kind of change in his character or his position. Technically speaking, his watch has ended, so that could be one thing. He's not really a member of the Night's Watch anymore. 
unless he rejoins immediately. And also, <laughs> I, I could see John's character being kind of radically changed by it, kind of like Lady Stoneheart, right? So, so something could go with that, with that, with John maybe even being a little less of a good guy. Well, when do you guys think that's going to happen, though? Because I, I can't see it being, I can't see John being a major part of next season. And if he's not a major part of next season, then we kind of still have no POV character at the wall, which is not obviously as important as the books, but in a way it's almost more important because we have to have a protagonist. Davos is there, but he has no inherent investment. And I just feel like whatever Melisandre says, Davos is going to be like, do the opposite. You know, (laughs) Like if the others are all there and she's like, you have to do this. I know it's from Rort. Davos is going to be like, literally do the opposite. But how can we have any notion of what's going to go on next season? I can't see him just being dead for a long time. Yeah. See, I can. That's something. The whole wall season will be enough time for him to be dead. Yeah, I think in the book it could go longer, but I think given the pace of the show, I think it'll happen pretty quick, whatever is happening. I can agree with that. Like, I could easily see the scenario where they don't show him alive again until, like, the sixth episode or seventh episode. Like, have a big dramatic reveal. Or George, you know, hide him until very late into the next book. No. But Zach makes a good point. Like, the show has to keep moving, and they can't Mm -hmm. just hide him. Like it would I, probably be a reveal in the second episode. I disagree. Okay. I really, really am. I'm, I'm putting theoretical money on this. No, so no, shut up, no, Matt. No. Um, <laughs> on you know, I, I don't think it's going to be till later in the season. And I think that they, they can get away with that because of leaving Bran out completely <laughs> this season. So like, yeah, but they would still have to address what they're doing with John. Right. They're just going to hide him in the ice. John is John is at a complete different level than Bran. Like people actually don't care about Bran. <laughs> <laughs> And no, people no, true. really and care about Jon Snow. Action at the hear- wall will have to kick off because everybody's going to be yeah. freaking out. Bran is literally doing nothing right now. Well, like <laughs> he's learning to fly. I was hoping that they do like a do like a Bran cameo thing with Theon. Like right. not not a Bran. Like don't put Bran in it. Put like, the tree the talking. Tree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was hoping they do like, that. Too. His name. Yeah, me too. And, well, but that's they, the same they, thing in the book, right? They do do that in the book. But, yeah, they do. Yeah. He's standing in there, and it's like he hears his name, and then the the lady was like, "Who are you talking to? You're insane. Yes, I am actually." <laughs> no, I'm Reek. Any other thoughts on John? On the season, I guess. Any any final thoughts? This season was like the Yankees. When they're good, it's they're great. When they're bad, oh god. Any thoughts that aren't about baseball? <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. True, this is Dragoncast. <laughs> For the season overall, I, I think it was definitely not one of my favorites. It, it had high points or, or impressive scenes, but overall I thought it tread a lot of water and... Some of the lows brought it really low for me overall. It's made it yep. easy for me to maybe, you know, stop watching the show if I do. Like, if this ended on this awesome, like, oh, God, how could I? But it, I was, I'm fine. Like, if I stop after this, I'll, I, I, I won't have really many qualms. But I'll probably still, still watch. I'm into the bitter end. I can't stop talking about this stuff, right? <laughs> This is going to sound dumb, but this is the first season I've watched while it was on TV. So I was like, I'm listening to the podcast. I actually know what people are talking about. So I've actually enjoyed this season the most because I'm in the know. And I'm not just playing catch up with every episode. In the previous seasons, you were listening to the podcast and not watching the show or you were doing neither? I was listening to the podcast, not watching the show, and then just watching the show when it came out on DVD. That must have been very confusing. No, it was pretty. Well, I had three fucking casts to figure it out. So together at this point. I could have told you about every single episode perfectly. <laughs> After I watched them, I was like, this is exactly how I pictured it. Oh, head. it all makes sense. <laughs> I was like, can't wait for like four months to go by so I can see the Night's King. <laughs> <laughs>
People were mad. I can't wait to see why. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was already spoiled to it, so it didn't matter to me. I was like, oh yeah, he touched that baby and it turned to an ice baby. Neato. <laughs> um, am I am I crazy or the first five episodes of this season better than the rest? Of yes. The... No. 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 They're definitely much better. Except hard home. Yeah. Right. It's um, it's unfortunate these episodes that are bad are just so <laughs> memorably bad because this season had a lot of good things going on. I mean, if you think back, I mean, we were giving it a lot of three and a half and fours, and I don't think that's necessarily necessarily a bad show is is it i don't think I mean, so it's not but, but, it's, but, I, but the thing I, to keep in mind is that i i've always had this opinion that game of thrones obviously is much better than most of the show the shows on tv but but i think that because of that we're kind of judging it on a different scale and we're kind of judging it on this, the litmus of the other episodes and it, i think i didn't think the season was bad necessarily and I, you know there were things to be really upset about but but those threes and fours and i think we do kind of skew high in general those threes and fours or those twos and two and a half and threes indicates to me that, that it was a pretty lukewarm season. It just it didn't feel very exciting for the most part. There are standout moments, but they were they were few and far between. I think that's it, right? Because if you're excited about something, you give it a higher mark. Exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't you also think, looking back, like a lot of those episodes, we gave marks, going, "Well, oh, there's this one thing that we don't kind of like, but you know, we're waiting to see where it's going, so we're not going to knock it off." And yeah. now we've seen where they went with some of it, and like retroactively, I would go, "Oh, well, that was waste of time. That was waste of time. That I might right. give it some lower marks. Like, not that I'm not still enjoying it, but you know, certain things just." Seems like, we, off. seems like we've been doing that every season. We'll wait and see how it goes, and then by the time the season's over, you never go back and adjust your rating. So it just stays it, always hopeful and always looking forward, which now we don't have anything to look forward to. <laughs> but now we are truly lost. We are in the void. and it, We it's are scary. unsullied. Yeah. Yeah. How many people think we're actually going to get a book before the next season comes out? Not Anybody? Gonna I, I no. think we'll have oh, I think it, but I don't believe it. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, but I don't know why. Well, they're starting shooting now, well, so it doesn't matter, right? I, I I guess I just trust a lot less what they say about I know what I David and Dan when they say like we know what the book is are going. George can change where what he wants to do whenever he wants to. Fair That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. The show, mm-hmm. and that'll be an interesting test if we do get Winds of Winter next yeah. before next season. We'll get to see how different it is. <laughs> I can just see David and Dan be like, "You said you were going to kill Shireen. Now we look like the assholes." He's like, ah. <laughs> "George, just what? like Shireen, like." <laughs> gets put on a barge and goes to the Mandalays and like gets to play with Wyla and whatever and like literally lives out the rest of the series in like total bliss. Alright, alright guys. Thank you so much for, for being there with us for this season of Game of Thrones with Dragoncast for one more season. I don't know if we'll be back next year. I guess we'll find out. But in the meantime, thank you so much. Thank you guys for joining me for this ride. And, and thank you Zach we'll for hosting time. nine of the ten episodes. Yeah, I, I did my part by hosting one. Eight of you did nine. Yeah. I only did one. No, well, I did, did one. one. And it came out. Oh, that's right. I wasn't on. Or I don't remember. That's right. Anyway, yes, thank you for all for sharing the load. All hail, Zach, the master yeah. of editing. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Master of so much free time. All right. Thank you so much, guys. And, and we're done. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye, guys.
Hello. Hello. Howdy. What is this doll? What? <laughs> what? Whoever's last gets the shame bell. Oh boy. <laughs> this is gonna Dang. be fun. <laughs> so why'd we move to today? I don't know. <laughs> no one can explain it to me. I've been asking, but they don't know. Well, is this okay. like? It's I like think the it started machine. with a, hey, you want to record tonight? Okay. Well, <laughs> then we specifically, well, no. Bing can't make it on a Wednesday, okay. so that's one good one. Well, no, like, I wasn't going to say anything, but Michal mentioned, would it be all right to move it to today? So I was like, yeah, it'll be better for me, I guess. We can't let down the legion of Bing and no. anti-Bing fans. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, that's like half our views. Everyone but you and me dropped, Greg. What is happening right now? Well, now that we're alone... <laughs> Maybe we should just Skype restart fully. I don't like this episode either. Apparently not. <clears throat> My right. recorder's still going. Yeah. M- <laughs> it's all, just, all the face just went away. <laughs> is this the correct Zach call? I think this is the correct Greg call. Hello? I think I called. Hello. Now we have 47 people have? on this call. They'll drop off, don't worry. Hello? Hello. I know, I know. Hello? I hope this is Everyone the right one. Everyone sounds muffled. Yeah, you all sound like it, robots. It, oh, it might sakes. clear up. It might clear up Zach, and your call more people suck. drop. Once, well, yeah, once the calls don't answer, it usually it's better. Oh, yeah. See, it's getting clearer. That's not so bad. Testing. Stuff's getting better. Stuff's getting better every day. Hello? Okay, okay Greg, Greg you is sound like a hard. Robot. Yeah, that Greg was bad. is Ashleying really hard. <laughs> Do not know how to respond to that. Any better? <laughs> ring the bell. Yeah, you're I'm better. Wake my landlord's up if I ring it anymore. It's <laughs> no, we're guessing at Adam's disappointment, so we have to measure yeah. his expectations versus reality. <laughs> so okay, so he's given up on the show like nine times. No, that's Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Alex and Adam have the same letter in their name. I can see how so that's understandable. They have two of the same letters. That is the yes. same <laughs> single okay. letter. Oh, now I see what you did, Michael. Okay. <laughs> I was like, there's no X in Adam, he called. <laughs> Silly. Yeah, the X is silent. Yep. Adam's. <laughs> We're being carried along the beach of Game of Thrones. <laughs> so there's one set of footprints. I'm back. Is that a, oh a boy. Jesus footprints no. reference? The starfish? <laughs> so about starfish. Yeah. D&D or Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I don't appreciate Christian references being imposed on me. <laughs> no, that's a that's like a bookstore reference. That's like no. that's like used to sell, sell the Bible. In a st- Wait, what? In what? a store? No, that that's not like a story from the Bible. I know Greg is always walking with me, so that's all I need to know. It's like so it's like, like, like a bad 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 carrying customers around the bookstore, but I'm always happy to point something. <laughs> See, I always thought that would be a great Jon Snow Igret mashup. Yeah, would be. But Might still, be on the wall, the color of the wind is me. <laughs> How can there be so much that you don't know, Jon Snow? Perfect. <laughs> it was like when I was younger, I'd get the Oscar Mayer Wiener song and the Savages song mixed up in my head. So it'd be like Savages, Savages, Kids Who Climb Rocks, Savages, Savages, even Kids Who Chicken. Maybe just me, but I never had a chance to share that with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> what a glad what you Oscar Mayer Wiener song I think I only heard to? that and saw Pocahontas around the same time I was like I don't know I was like second grade like it was really fucking stupid for Stannis to keep Shireen around a live battlefield well. historic battlefields are okay my family stays with me a historic battlefield site but not a live battlefield whatever it was not realistic 
What is the official term, oh, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> so Battlefield is called a battlefield whether or not it's actively a battlefield? Oh, yeah, I mean, if there's like a historic marker and a visitor center, then it's a historic battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> but theoretically, it is ready to be used well, as a battlefield. Theoretically, anything again. could be a battlefield. <laughs> it's just land. There are no field just, markings. <laughs> I totally missed in Lord of the Rings when, like, Sam and Frodo passed the, like, the, the welcome center for the Martians. <laughs> the Martians do in the Lord of the Rings is walk, past, is walk past, like, statues and be like, oh, this is a marker of this king, and oh, this is a marker of Here this great the battle, and oh, the look at the section. It's out. The dead Martians. Welcome to the Dagger the Center. <laughs> I'm here to visit all the dead people that have died over the centuries fighting. Don't go, don't go, go into the water and light a candle of your own. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. picture Gollum um, as the okay. tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> Careful now, you go light the candles of your own. <laughs> so last night I didn't like get to watch the. Sh- I watched the NBA Finals game, so I didn't get to watch the show till like eleven. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't read any of the Skype stuff. I can't read any of the Skype stuff. And then I actually got to it at like 12 o'clock. I was reading it for like 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you wrote a short novel in, in Skype chat. Uh, yeah, it took forever to get to the top. Because <laughs> you can only go so far and then I have to load them. Yeah, I didn't even go back and read it. So no, you were like reading like, like you were reading like Skype spoilers while you were trying to get back to the beginning. Yeah, and it sucked. I was like, oh no, I wonder how they got here. <laughs> Just like today, I just sat down and I was like, what are all these cues doing? I don't Another understand. Hashtag, Greg. I put my headset down by accident on the cue key. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. I thought that was Davos. But no, he doesn't get to run around. No, putting in all the cues? You would destroy his house if you got to run around. Did you chin proof your house, Greg? I watched the after show like 15 <laughs> times, so I know everything. <laughs> yes, my house is chin proof. Wow. It's pretty much the same as baby proofing, apparently. You have to cover up, you know, like places they can crawl into. Uh-huh. You know, sharp corners. I disagree. How big do you think a baby is? They start off small, right? Very small. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's small. They don't move. Your chinchilla. You have an eight pound chinchilla. No, that would be a capybara if I had an eight pound chinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool well he thought i was far younger than i was so that that was a happy time well, as everyone does <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say, the, the universal trend of brett's life <laughs> I, i'm like Bruce bolton i don't seem to age and i play people nice. in my free time <laughs> you guys have never been to vermont have you what is this indoor plumbing magic <laughs> I thought that was Canada. <laughs> I think hey, Vermont hey. is actually the only state where I literally had to use an outhouse. I think that was in Vermont. That a ski uh, ski lodge. Yep. Well, that's where you shower. <laughs> Your brown chickens. Uh, <laughs> it is. Well, they're brown when you start, but then when you wash all the shit off them, they turn white again. It's because Vermont Cause this... is for lovers. <laughs> Do you want to go for a romp in the shit and then take a shower with our chickens and cows? In the outhouse? Yeah. It's one of those double Keep ones. Outside. Two next yeah. to each other. I knew this, this was like, coming. Don't... <laughs> yeah. don't waste this water. It's still good. Get it out of your system. Oh, man. That's the second time tonight we've hit the fucking nerve on uh, yeah. Macau. You know... 
pee is sterile, you can wash your face with it. Plus, it's nice and warm on a cold day. Mm. All right. None of you have ever tried yourself that, man. Shame. Well, warmth is good if you get stung by a stinger. Shame. <laughs>